Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Good afternoon. Welcome to Spiritual Tools. You're live tonight with Melissa Boyd. I am your host for Spiritual Tools. And today is June 11th, 2015. If you're new to Spiritual Tools, welcome. We are a a radio show that focuses on looking at spiritual solutions to everyday problems and ways in which you can really access your highest self. My name is Melissa Boyd. I'm your host. I am a vibrational, intuitive medium and business strategist. I'm based in Kennebunk, Maine, but I do sessions globally through phone and Skype. And this is a service that I felt was very important because over the years I would sit with my clients and say, have you heard of this book or have you heard of this person or here's this resource? And some people, you know, it's a lot for them to pick up a book or to look at other resources or go to a conference. So I thought, let's bring these resources to them. So before I introduce my guest tonight, which I'm so excited about, I want to talk about some upcoming events events that I have. So if you're in the New England area in August, and of course if you're from New England, you know that Maine is beautiful in August, On August 2nd in West Kennebunk, Maine, I will be doing a group gallery reading. So it's a group reading, um, limiting it to 25 people. Not everyone will receive a a message, an individual message, but each person will receive a soul gift bag. That's from 10 to noon. There will be coffee, tea, and refreshments, and that's $40 a person. And then on August 24th at River Tree Arts in Kennebunk, I'll be back there. Monday night from 6.30 to 8.30 doing a solfeggio sound bath. (laughs) And if you went last year or a couple months ago, you'll know that the energy of solfeggio helps to really open up your vibration. And that's $40 a person or bring a friend for two for 70. And I mentioned when we started, I also am a, um, uh, I have a master's in public policy and management and worked many years in the nonprofit sector helping people and their businesses. And so I'm teaching a three-week class starting in August, August 5th, 12th, and 19th at my office in Kennebunk, Maine, called Reignite Your Creative Business. So this is for all you folks out there who have a business, really want to reignite that, and learn new ways to look at visioning, missioning, um, moving things forward. And we'll also do some manifesting because, remember, everything is energy. That's what we're all about, vibrational energy. So speaking of energy and also inspiration, I'm so excited tonight to um, interview Meg Wolf, who um, is is such an inspiration. Meg... um, Meg overcame cancer not once but twice, <laughs> um, and she has really um, inspired the world with her book, which is um, Becoming Whole, the story of my complete recovery from breast cancer. And it was her first book, and um, when I bring her on, she'll maybe talk a little bit more about this, but this book is something that you know wasn't out there before Meg wrote this book. 
And not only did she write this book in her journey, but she's also graced us with an amazing, um, other amazing books. And one of my favorites, which I have right here in my hand, is A Life in Balance, Delicious Plant-Based Recipes for Optimal, optimal Health. And I will just say a few more things um, about Meg, that it, she was um, 40 when her life changed forever. Meg explains, I discovered a lump in my right breast, which later was diagnosed as invasive lumbar and carcinoma stage 3B. And, um, and if that news wasn't devastating enough, um, she had already lost her left leg to bone cancer seven years earlier. And let me tell you, you would not know this from meeting this woman. She is phenomenal, amazing, just I can't say enough. So, Meg, welcome to Spiritual Tools. Well, thank you for that nice introduction, Melissa. <laughs> I'm ha- happy to be speaking with you tonight. Thank you. So, um, I just kind of said a little snippet, but would you tell people a little bit about yourself and your journey, um, mm-hmm. and and where how you where you've come from and where you are now? Yeah. Well, I I grew up in Maine, and um, my mother was French-Canadian, and my dad was um, um, part Irish-American and probably part French-Canadian, too. Um, And I always thought of myself as healthy. Um, You know, growing up, my mother would say things to us like, you come from strong stock. And so... um, you know, always having, you know, been healthy, I was, um, you know, needless to say, I was shocked when I was 33 and diagnosed with bone cancer. Um, And, um, yeah, so, so, you know, so I I grew up healthy. Um, 33, I was diagnosed with bone cancer. Um, and then um, several years later was diagnosed with breast cancer. So um, having thought that I was healthy, that was a big, um, you know, wham over the head with a sledgehammer, um, Mm -hmm. especially the the first cancer. Yeah, that's that's had to be just unbelievable. And um, so... Where did how did you where did you how did you find yourself to wellness and food? Well, that's a, that's an interesting question because um, my mother did a lot of cooking while we were growing up. Um, you know, it was the the traditional meat and potatoes and maybe a vegetable or two and lots of lots of sweets and lots of treats. Um, and then as a teenager, lots of junk food because that was the advent of junk food. <laughs> you know, when I was in high school, all of a sudden it, it was available like it hadn't been before. Um, but I, I think that really set the background for food as, as medicine for me. Um, mm. Just, you know, having my mother, ha- you know, her being a cook. And then mm-hmm. my dad... He did a lot of reading, and um, when I was in my early 20s, we had a cousin who her husband had a, um, 
a brother. He was from a big family. He had a brother that um, had leukemia. And so they were helping him do a macrobiotic healing diet, which is basically um, a whole foods diet for cancer. And, Mm. um, you know, like I said, I was in my early 20s, so I didn't really think that pertained to me, but my dad was good friends with my cousin and her husband. They were a little older than me. Um, And they gave him this book to read, and it was... um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but the gist of the book was The Healing Miracles of the Macrobiotic Diet or something like that. And it was Mm -hmm. about um, this man. He was a professor at Ball State University, and his name was Gene Kohler. And he had done a macrobiotic diet to heal from pancreatic cancer, which is basically um, an incurable type of cancer, supposedly incurable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um so being an avid reader, my dad read the book, so then he passed it on to me and I read it and I believed it and I thought it was amazing. But I didn't really feel like it pertained to me because I was a healthy person and I didn't mm. see health as um I, I, I saw health as something you were born with, I guess. Um, and I didn't consider myself, um, you know, a candidate for cancer, I guess. And so, but I feel that because I, I read that book, you know, because of my dad um, and because I read that book, that sort of planted the seed when I needed it a number of years mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you know, they say that you need to hear about something three times before um, it sort of wakes you up or um, or makes you more conscious of it. Um, and I think for me, you know, having read about the macrobiotic diet, forgetting about it, you know, all those years, but then when, you know, I can't remember how many years later it was, 10 to 15 years later when I needed the information, I remembered it mm. after somebody mm. mentioned it again. Wow. That's, you know, I think um, I think that's amazing for a couple reasons. One, because mm-hmm. I think in our culture when someone receives a diagnosis of saying, you know, you have cancer, I think there's a lot of different, you know, things that go through people's minds. And one mm-hmm. of them is, I'm just going to do exactly what the doctor says and mm-hmm. follow this prescription. And yeah. then this other piece, which you really followed, and, you know, I know that, um, I mean, there's a lot of cancer in this world now, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I do believe that it is linked to food and also our environment. And so yeah. what was it? in you that made you say, nope, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going not gonna to mm-hmm. just say, that's it. I'm going to really yeah. believe in this. Yeah. Well, um, to start off, actually, I was, uh, I was trained as a licensed practical nurse, um, and I graduated from that nursing program um, in 1979, actually. And... And at one point, I had 
I had um, taken tests to go back to get my RN, which I didn't end up doing. And I, I came from a family, actually, that had a lot of nurses. And so, um, you know, it was my inclination, too, to go to the doctors and do what the doctor said. And I really, before the bone cancer diagnosis, I really didn't even have that much experience with going to doctors myself besides seeing them in the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I might have been more inclined um, to do what they, what they said, and I, and I did with the, with the bone cancer. Um, um, the amputation was recommended as an 80 to 90% chance of cure, and I trusted my doctor. I had actually become pretty good friends with him because um, it didn't start out as a, that being diagnosed as a cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I did, I really trusted him, and, and I went with what he said. Um, and then, so, then about seven years later, when I was diagnosed with the advanced breast cancer, um, again, you know, I, I, went to a, I went to a specialist, um, a breast specialist, and she re- recommended what she recommended. And then I went to um, a doctor that she thought I should see, and he recommended a bone marrow transplant. And at that point, I got a gut feeling. I'd never had like a, such a strong gut feeling, but I knew it would kill me. And I can't. I couldn't even tell you. You know, back. I have. I get more gut feelings now, and I. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how to recognize those. It's kind of signals that your body sends you when something isn't right for yep, you. Yeah, intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to me, that was like my survival instinct. Um, but I didn't know it back then. But I just knew that when he when he recommended that, almost like my stomach just twisted. And so I went back to the the breast specialist and I told her what he had recommended and I said, you know, I just don't feel right about that. Do you know any doctors that practice alternative medicine? And um, she, she actually recommended two things. One was she said, no, I don't know any doctors that practice alternative medicine, but I have a friend that's a naturopath, so I made an appointment with her. And then she said, well, I can recommend a doctor at Tufts and you can have a second opinion. I actually went for three opinions. Um, and I won't, I, I won't actually mention the second opinion, the place that mm-hmm. I went because we're not supposed to mention hospitals, um, okay. especially if it's a negative comment. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, mm-hmm. the first doctor recommended, the second doctor recommended the same as the first doctor, which was the bone marrow transplant. And at that ho- it was a big hospital, and at that ho- I was out of state, and at that hospital I looked around and I saw beautiful artwork on the wall. And, you know, the doctor with the, the million-dollar smile and the pearly teeth and everything in perfectly in place and something about it just felt like um, <laughs> or what I felt was, okay, almost like this was a, a big business. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, in my, my personal care wasn't the utmost important thing. Um, and that's really the first um, inkling I got of that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I went back home, was still not feeling good about that recommendation, went back to the, um, the, the breast doctor who was a woman, and she said, well, I have a colleague at Tufts, and I'm going to send you to him. Um, I went to him. He saw me after hours. Um, it wasn't the big, you know, facade that screamed money. It, there was paint, chip, you know, chipped off of his um, <laughs> office wall. He looked really tired. He was mm. still very kind, and he said to me, your gut feeling is right. I'm in on the research. It hasn't come out yet. It's going to be. It's going to come out in two months. And he mm. said, um, I can't remember if another bigger hospital in the U.S. has just con- discontinued um, bone bone marrow transplants for breast cancer because our studies actually show that they're not. Um, they're not any more effective than chemo and radiation. And in fact, we don't recommend them. I think he might have told me they aren't even as effective as the chemo and the radiation. And then wow. he went on to, dis- and he said, and we do them here. And, and he was part of, you know, the doctors that were recommending that. Um, but he wasn't on the research, and they were going to be discontinuing it there because um, the research showed that it wasn't effective. And um, he also sh- told me about, he, he told me, like, he gave me the whole spectrum, people that had done nothing for their cancer, people that had done radiation, people that had done chemo and radiation, people that had done bone marrow, and he let me choose what I wanted mm. and what what made sense. Um and there was something that he had described to me about an Italian study that felt right to me, um, which was a combination of chemo and radiation. So I took that recommendation and I, I came back to Portland, Maine, and um, the doctors here um, gave that to me, basically, that, on on that recommendation. But even with that treatment... Um, the doctor that I was seeing here in Portland really didn't, um, and the one, and another one that I w- went to in Boston, another specialist, didn't really see that it was going to help me long term. In mm-hmm. fact, um, one of them said it's probably gonna the cancer is probably going to return within the same area within a year. And that was even with the treatment, which is radiation and chemo. Wow. And so to me, looking back on that, that was more palliative care, they would call that today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so after that conversation, I knew I had to find something alternative. Um, mm-hmm. And so I went to the naturopath. She really didn't have anything to recommend me either, but as I walked out of the room, she said to me, and I, I wanted to even say my back was turned to her and I was walking out, 
And she said, well, some women have been helped by the macrobiotic diet. And all of a sudden it was like that was my light bulb moment. Mm. Um, And within, probably within a week, um, this was 19, the end of 1998. And at that that time, I mean, I don't really remember going on online very much. Um, I don't even think I went online ever in in 1998. And Mm -hmm. um, so it was still word of mouth. I remember looking in the phone book. There was nothing about macrobiotics in the phone book. I went to a, a store that no longer exists, but it was called the Whole Grocer in Portland, and I yeah, saw I an advertisement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It no longer exists, but it was, you know, at that point in time, it was wonderful, and um, you know, it was pretty much word of mouth. And there was, it was a woman named Lisa Silverman teaching cooking classes um, on Munjoy Hill in Portland, so. That day I called her, got signed up for her, you know, a series of classes she was doing, and I basically hit the ground running. Mm. I I bought every book that I could um that I could find. I um you know, there were several recovery stories that I read over and over again and um I I believed it could help me. And so I started educating myself and I started researching and found that there there had been people that had reversed their cancer um you know through following a macrobiotic diet and because I had um you know had that doctor you know very seriously say that my cancer was probably going to return within a year in the same area even with the treatment, um, you know that was a that was a huge motivation for me because, you know, my kids were young. I wasn't ready to um, I wasn't ready to give up the wonderful life that I had. Um, mm. You know, I, I had survived the bone cancer more or less. Um, they were both actually primary cancers. One wasn't caused by the other, supposedly. My kids were 8 and 12 at the time, and, um, yeah, I just, I, I just um, you know, when the macrobiotic was recommended, that was like, um, that was an answer for me. Wow. I and, think, and, and I, yeah, and I believed it could help me. <laughs> and I think what's amazing about your story is, one, that, you know, you're here and you're, amazing and doing well, but also that you took the initiative and the incentive to really say to your say, you know, I want to teach other people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, you took everything that you learned and you wrote this book, um, Becoming Whole, The Story of My Complete Recovery from Breast Cancer, which, um, you know, a lot of the most, you know, some of the most influential doctors in the United States are saying, you know, this is, amazing book between diet and health and it's inspiring people and it has meal plans and do you want to talk a little bit about that book um yeah i yes i do because i like i said coming from a background where um i worked as a nurse and my great aunt was a nurse and the head of um 
the nurses at Maine Medical in her lifetime, and um, you know, and my mother was a nurturing, helping type of person, um, and so, and and I felt like I was helped so much by that, and I was helped also so much by the books that I read. Um, you know, I think just knowing that one other person healed themselves that way. Um, like the the one book I read was about this woman named Elaine Nussbaum, and she had um, she had uterine cancer, which had spread to her bones, and she had you know had chemo a number of times, and her ba- she her body was basically disintegrating, her bones were basically disintegrating. Um, mm. So so she wrote um, I can't remember even the name of her book, but I read it like several times and. Even in my darkest day, on my darkest days, like that gave me hope. And so, when I looked at the few macrobiotic books that had been written about different illnesses, nobody had written one about breast cancer. And so, I thought, okay, this is one that I should probably do. And <laughs> <laughs> and I, I started actually doing that in 2003, and also. Along the way, in, in the very beginning, I have a friend that's a nurse, and she would come over to drop her daughter off because our daughters were friends, and her name's Mary. And, and once in a while, she'd come in the house and talk to me, and we'd chat for a little while before she, either she dropped her daughter off or she picked up my daughter. And, she, and so we'd talk, and she said, Meg, she said, you should write a book or you should you know you should be writing this down she said because every every time i see you it seems like every month i see you you tell me something new and good is happening with your health and mm. and it was true i mean i think i you know one time i told her mary guess what it's like i had i had had crohn's disease not crohn's disease they hadn't called it crohn's disease but i had an extreme case of ulcerative colitis and mm. they were trying to decide had it progressed to Crohn's, you know. Um, and so I just remember that was probably one of the first things I told her was, Mary, guess what? I'm not having that problem anymore. It's it's gone. Wow. Um, and I had had it for five years, and I had been on medication for it. And um, usually that sort of thing progresses. It doesn't get better. And right. another thing was I had stopped taking you know, maybe the next month she came and I said, guess what, I, I don't need to take sleeping pills anymore. Um, I don't have anxiety anymore. <laughs> um, my, my, I had had a lot of sinus problems. You know, I told her, Mary, guess what, that's gone. <laughs> and so that's one of the things that, um, you know, her saying, you know, I think you should write this down, Meg. You might really want to think about writing a book because, um, because that doesn't usually happen. And so, right. um, and, and, and another thing I have to mention, it's a little bit off track, but I'll get back to why I wrote the book. But when I, later when I went back, when, you, when you're on chemo, and when you're on chemo, you can't go to the dentist and have your teeth cleaned and worked on. Um, mm. But after that, um, I want to say maybe like a year or a year and a half later, I was at my dentist, and it was the first time I had been back, and 
she said, okay, well, what? Me- are you still on this medication? Are you still on that medication? It was like, nope. Are you still on this one? Nope. Are you still on that one? Nope. And then she looked at me and she goes, what are you doing? She said, nobody <laughs> ever tells me that. Wow. And so, um, yeah, so, so I decided to write the book because it was such a dramatic change in my health that I thought, like that everybody needed to know about it. Mhm. Um I, amazing. It's it's amazing because um it is it is like this, you know, this recommended readings, um, you know, your story, meal plans, and I'm I I told you this before, but I'm always recommending it to my clients who tell me, you know, I have cancer and that's it. And it's like, "No, no, you know, Let's let's look at your attitude and and read this book and and then we'll yeah. talk later and you know I just yeah. think that it's it's one thing to overcome everything you've come from and and done but also to share it with the world I think is such a gift to people you know it's so it's so inspiring because that's something that's going to be like a a legacy for everyone to read and to just be a part of that and and know that. You know, even having scientists and researchers and doctors read it to to see mm-hmm. that this is this is a possibility. So, yeah, it's really well, incredible. Yeah. Well, also, you know, you mentioned about people just accepting, you know, what the doctor said. Like, if I had accepted that that woman doctor who was just being truthful based on what she had seen and maybe st- statistics, um, mm. like if I had just gone with what she said. Maybe I maybe I wouldn't be here. I mean, my mind was your mind does start to go there, and you just kind of accept what they say. Well, geez, you know that's the person's a doctor, so you know they might they probably know more than I know. And and I was even and my mother had actually died of colon cancer that same mm-hmm. year, about six months before I was diagnosed. And I had wow. seen the prog- I had seen the progression of her, mm-hmm. you know, being very healthy and vibrant, you know, basically, you know, having the chemo and then going from, you know, being healthy and vibrant to being sick and in bed and um and then finally having to move her bed, you know, her bed from the upstairs to the de- I think she had actually a hospital bed, but she moved downstairs into a downstairs room with a hospital bed and and uh, and then she, you know, she died. Um but I was even starting to think that, and I think I might have even said something like that to my mother-in-law because, you know, the chemo had made me so sick that I felt like I went from a vibrant person to a person that could sometimes hardly lift my head up off the pillow. And right. I mentioned that maybe I might move my bed downstairs. And my mm. mother-in-law said... Oh no, I don't think you need to do that. So that was kind of a suggestion. Nope, I don't think you need to die <laughs> or, go, or go that route. Um, wow. But I think it is people. It is easy for people. Um, people are highly suggestible, especially from their doctors. Um, yeah. And um, you know, doctors do base their recommendations on statistics but mm-hmm. not everybody um not all those people that have statistics have changed their diet dramatically 
which can really, um, you know, detox your body. And um, I, this nurse, another nurse friend of mine who I actually met at a cooking class, she, one one day we were having a discussion, and she said she was actually an oncology nurse who gave people chemo, and she said, just think about the food. She said, she said, you know, when people get chemo, they they're getting something that's going to kill the cancer, but usually they get it like you know once a week or once every other week or every third week. She said. But just think about the food when you're eating that, you know, whole food that's filled with antioxidants and it's filled with, you know, life-giving force. She said, and you're eating it three times a day. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I think, and I think you're right because I don't think that the that the I want to say the mainstream medical profession looks at food as a way to you know, really change not only mm-hmm. your life and your health, but your vibrance, vibrant, vibrancy level. Yeah, it's yeah. Really, and actually, um, I'm I'm really glad that you're interviewing me um, because I feel like food is a spiritual tool because food is vibration, and and it really I also is. think that the the fastest way to change your vibration is by changing your food. Well, I will tell you <laughs> that I absolutely 100% agree. Um, as many people know, and I've told shared this with you before, I lost 165 pounds, um, and I was faced with, um, I had actually gone to the eye doctors, and the doctor looked into my eye and said, the cholesterol is so bad that you're going to have a heart attack within a year if you don't lose wow. at least 100 pounds. And I had diabetes, I had high cholesterol, I didn't know what to do, and um, I had, you know, I grew up in a, a, a Polish-German family, you know, lots of mm-hmm. butter, lots of eat more, more, more. And um, my gifts of as being a medium have really grown because of my diet mm-hmm. change. And um, mm-hmm. I, I just want to say to people, because I don't want to forget to say this, but I have your book yeah. in my hand right now, A Life in Balance, Delicious Plant-Based Recipes for Optimal Health. Everyone listen to this. Buy Meg's book. Buy this book. It is The recipes in here are amazing. And not only are the recipes amazing and simple, but I love that you you have a little, um, your own little take on everything in here. But I just want to read this one piece from page 86 of your book about craving sugar, because I really believe this is the culprit in so many things. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll just read the first um, thing here. So sugar cravings are not the easiest thing to shake. Here are some steps to help you beat the urge for reaching for something sugary. And I love number one, make sure you don't have too much salt and animal protein in your diet. Salt and protein make your body contract and tighten, while sugar makes your body relax or loosen up. An overabundance of salt causes the body to crave the opposite sugar. So that's incredible. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know that. Um, no, I. in fact, I didn't know that. When I read it, I said, oh, my goodness, that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's like I mean, sometimes I wish I had had the information when I was in my twenties because it makes so much sense and it's so easy when you're eating this way not to have to worry about your weight. 
Um, Yeah. And if I know, um, you know, you were talking earlier about, you know, even, you know, diet and exercise. And so Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. would you add anything in about exercise? Well, the, the the funny part is is that um, I I've been eating this way now for well, let me see it's like for 16 years now, and mm. during that whole time I rarely exercised at all, and when I went when I was doing a healing diet, I was down to um, a, a healing diet is. Um, a version of a macrobiotic diet um, which has a lot less oil and um, a lot less oil and not as many spices. Um, the food is a lot plainer. You don't eat out that much. Um, and um, what did I want to say about that? Um, Yeah, I, and I it helps your brain that. think better too. It helps your brain. <laughs> I mean, and it, no, it does. It helps your brain. It helps you to sleep better. Like when, when oh, I, I definitely feel sugar. like it helps you sleep better. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because, um, well, that's that was one of the things. I mean, I wasn't sleeping through the night, and um, you know, if, and, and one of those things might have been because I drank coffee. <laughs> but on a macrobiotic diet, you drink, you know, you drink tea and you drink it in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's certain ways you do things. But um, yeah, I mean, that was definitely one of the um, the the benefits of wow. following the macrobiotic diet. Yeah, and I, I just think that, you know. For anyone listening out there, you know, just making little changes, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to do everything at once, but just I think awareness is key, being aware that there are other options and to really think about, you know, what I always tell people is think about what you eat, what you Mm -hmm. listen to, what you say, and what you hear Mm -hmm. because that all affects your vibration. All of those things affect your vibration really deeply. And so it's so important. It is so important. So, Meg, um, is there anything um, else you'd like to tell our listeners tonight? Anything, any words of wisdom for folks who are struggling with an illness and think, I just can't go on? Um, Yeah, don't give up. I mean, I think the the mind is strong, and if you set your mind to doing it, you can do it. Um. I, th- I think that um, you, you can have the mind work in your, to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. You know, I, I feel like slow and steady wins the race. Yes. <laughs> you just keep plugging along. You just keep doing it. And that's how I was. I mean, I just I believed it was going to help me. I wanted to do it the way that the people that I knew that had healed from cancer had done it. Um, mm-hmm. So I so I did it as strictly as possible, but you know, at a certain point into it, I just thought I just have to let go, and I'm doing it, and really, it helped me. Um, it helped me let go of the fear completely, 
And I just knew that I was doing everything humanly possible. So I just so I set my mind to it. Um and here I am, you know, wow. that many years later, alive and well. Um mm. and I'm not um you know, I'm not I'm I'm not I'm, the, there are many other people that have done it too. And if you believe that you can do it and you set your mind to it, it's like everything else that you set your mind to. to. You know, you want to go to college. Um, you, you, <laughs> you decide what your plan of study is going to be for four years or six years. Mm-hmm. And you, you put your nose to the grindstone, at, so to speak. Um, you study, you learn. Um, in, in some fields, you do experiential things. Um, and healing yourself can be that same course of study. And and I do think that, you know, when it is, and if we think about our body, our body is our vehicle to do our work in this world. And mm-hmm. so that's what I always tell myself. My body is my vehicle to do this work in this world, and I must take care of this one body, this you know, that I've been given to, you know, enjoy. Um, yeah. So I know that you know, we're on spiritual tools. We're talking about food as a spiritual tool, but is there a spiritual tool that you use for yourself right now that you'd like to share with the group or anything, or maybe share where you've just yeah, come from? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, well, many people know about a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, and then his um, the book that he wrote to follow that was called um, uh, A New Earth. And basically what Eckhart Tolle um, teaches is basically the power of now, being in the present. And mm. so um, that's become my spiritual practice. It's, it's, it's a very simple but very profound spiritual practice, um, which I think could um, – I, I didn't use it personally when I was going through my cancer crisis, um, mm-hmm. But I would think it would be a very powerful one for people going through cancer, um, because it helps you, you know, stay in the present. Um, it, it is very powerful. I, I think that I've probably read the Power of Now, maybe about ten or fifteen times over. I got it when it first came out, oh. and every time I read it, I feel like there's something new that I pick yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I can't believe that you're saying that because. I read the the next one, A New Earth, and I've read that, you know, probably three or four times, you know, studying it cover to cover, and mm. I feel like it's a totally different book every time I read it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's a wonderful yeah. book, too. Meg, yeah. I want to thank you so much for being on the show tonight. And um, and so why not tell folks, where can they where can they purchase your books? Um, I think the easiest place is Amazon. Um, just um, type if you want my um, recovery story and the the how to. That one is the Becoming Whole. Just just Google in um, Amazon Becoming Whole Meg Wolf. Um, if you want the cookbook, there's actually a cookbook, a simple cookbook in the Becoming Whole. But if you want simply a cookbook, um, then my my um, Put Meg Wolf cookbook, and then my cookbook will come up. I love your cookbook. I love it so yeah. much. I I use it all the time. People are like, "Where'd you get that 
that recipe. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I, Meg, I, thank I just you. want to mention one more thing. Um, you can get also, if you want, you can Google Meg Wolf and Huffington Post because I also have some um, free simple recipes on that. So that oh, might be great. a good and place I, I will, for people to start. And I will post those on my on my on my um, on my Facebook page as well. Oh, beautiful! That'd be great. Well, I want to thank you for being such an inspiration <laughs> to so many people, <laughs> including myself, and yeah. um, and just really um, just so happy that you um, you shared your story with the world, and so it can really help so many people. Uh, well, thank you, Melissa. Right. Thank you for having care. me. Yeah. Bye-bye. Namaste. Be, be well. Be well. Thank you. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so please go to your computer, buy Meg's books. Uh, just a, a lovely human being, a lovely person, um, really inspirational. So we have a few minutes left on the air tonight, and I did tell people that I was going to um, answer some questions because um, I will be doing that on live shows, answering questions either on the air or on Facebook. And so I do have a few Facebook people, not a lot, um, but a few, so I'm hopefully be able to get to everyone's questions here. So um, what I like to do is just uh, take a little... Um, See, I asked if anybody has any questions that they'd like me to ask Spirit tonight. So I'll just say your first name, and then I'll say your question, and then I'll, I'll ask Spirit to tap in and to, um, to connect. Okay. So um, a couple of different um, pieces here. I want to go to, I first want to go to Carissa um, M. And um, Carissa M. asks, I would like to know if my struggles will end soon, please. I don't know which way to turn. So I, I do feel like that there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of going around you. When I connect with you, Carissa, I connect with energy of, um a lot of pressure around you because I definitely feel there's some anxiety um, around you right now and um, I think that one of the things I really want to say to you is that um, you know we were just talking about the power of now and I know that at this time in your life there's a lot of ups and downs going on for you and I definitely feel like a shortness of breath like a oh you know I feel like um, almost like a fear type of energy. So the first thing that I want to say to you is um, self-self-care. And it may sound like a silly thing, especially when there's so much going on around you, but self-care actually teaches us to go within. And so, um, and I know this sounds like a funny thing to say to you, Carissa, but I feel like, and, and, and you can um, email me um, privately later too um, on my just send me a text or a message here on my, my page. But I feel like um, your tongue is on the roof of your mouth or your shoulders are up tight. And so uh, when we live like that, our sympathetic and our parasympathetic nervous system is in overdrive. And so I'm feeling like just doing some relaxation exercises, 
to bring yourself into the present moment is going to be really, really important. Um, I also feel like you feel like you've been thrown into a lot of choices, a lot of choices, and um, no choice feels like the best choice. So I do feel like simplify, simplify, simplify. And I don't know where the name um, connected to you or your family or even in spirit, Roger or Ronnie or Robert, um, the R name comes in. But I do feel like this person is either around you in spirit or helping you. And when I feel around you in spirit, I definitely do feel like this is someone on the other side. And I will tell you why, because when I feel someone on the other side, it's almost like my feet lift up off the ground and they kind of come around me. So I do feel like this R type of name, um, gentleman energy, steps forward to say that he's working with you at this time um, and wants you to know that, he will really um, be there for you. So simplify, um, slow down. Um, struggles will end, yes. Struggles will end, yes. And I, and I feel like um, breathing for you, breathing, um, exercise, that type of thing. And um, definitely put you first. I feel like that you put a lot of other people first before you in your life. So put you first. And I feel like that's going to, that's going to be really, really helpful for you. And salt bath, hot shower, take care of that. Um, take care of yourself. And um, within about mm, six months, it looks like there's either a shift for you around job, uh, around career, um, and or relationship. And it could be both. So, Hold on to that. There's some good light coming your way, and I hope that's helpful to you. So namaste and be well. All right. So what else do we have here? Um, Barbara, lovely Barbara, hello. Um, Light body activation. I love that. I love that you ask about light body activation. And some of you listening are saying, what the heck is light body? Well, remember that we're all vibrational beings, and I will talk about this because we just talked about food. So connecting to your light body, um, connecting to the energy that's within you. And Barbara, I'll, um, I'll just say a couple things. One is ground down to the earth star chakra, which is um, about two to three feet below your feet. Two, three, two to three feet below your feet. And when you ground down to the roots of your toes all the way down to the crystal core of Mother Earth, there is an activation of light that comes up from the crystal core of Mother Earth, lifting up and then breathing up through the chakra system all the way up to the uh, crown chakra. And then over the crown chakra, there are three other chakras above your head there. So breathing up there and then just almost imagining like a doorway. I always imagine like um, like a door opening up and then all this light just pouring down like liquid gold. And, of course, breathing helps with this. So alternate nostril breathing will be very, very helpful. And I'm actually being told to write this down, um, this alternate nostril breathing alternate nostril breathing, and um, 
a little thing about the Earth Star Chakra. I'm going to put that on my website right now, um, or on my um, Facebook page right now after after this show, because I feel like that's going to be really helpful as well. So those two things feel very good for light body activation. So Barbara, I hope that's um, I hope that's helpful. I do have a couple other people um, that have written in, and I am saving that until next week. So um, I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight on Spiritual Tools. And if you're interested in learning more about my services, learning more about um, meditation and different tools that I offer, please visit my website at melissaboy.net. You can access uh, my blog talk radio show there. You can also access a thing called Soul Tools, which is resources for your soul. And I have a a couple of um, exciting upcoming things happening in July, which stay tuned because that's my four-year anniversary of being with Deep Blue Truth, my business, full-time. So I will have a special July show where all I will do is take callers and channel, 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 channel. So you'll have to um, be aware of that and make sure that you call in during that show because I'm told it's going to be a zizzy, exciting experience. So I'm very excited about that. So wherever you are, and if you can, it's not necessary, but if you can, just pause wherever you are if you're listening to this live or um, listening to it after it's been pre-recorded and just take a nice deep breath in hold it and exhale connect to your vibrational self your vibrational cells and know that you are one you are one with the stars you are one you are one with the oceans you are one You are one with the flowers, you are one. You are one with the bees, the butterflies, the ladybugs, you are one. You share this beautiful planet with all these beings of light and know that you are no different than the stars, that you are made up of the same energy as the birds, as the bees, as the hummingbirds, as the water, as the trees. And thank yourself for being open to expand. For whenever you come to a place of awareness, there's an expansion that happens. So allow yourself to go within, not just now, but every day. And a spiritual tip for me today is slow down. Be patient with your life. Be patient with yourself and yourselves. For you are a divine being. You are one and you are loved. I'm sending you love, light, and deep blue truth. This has been Melissa Boyd with Spiritual Tools. And I look forward to having you next week when we have an animal communicator on. Very, very exciting stuff. So take great care and namaste. Be well.